Jumbo fellow adventurer, it's Mike Dooley here to remind you of how powerful you are and how much you deserve by sharing spiritual tune-ups. These are live broadcasts Monday through Friday, each lasting 5 to 15 minutes, where I answer viewers' questions, bringing lofty metaphysical concepts down to earth for your immediate traction. You were born to succeed. You are pushed on to greatness every single day. Your positive thoughts are at least 10,000 times more powerful than your negative thoughts. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. Jumbo fellow adventurers, happy Monday. Time for another spiritual tune-up. Today's question has arisen as a compilation of many other questions of late. I've touched on the answer before as pieces of other tune-ups. But uh, basically, you know, Mike, are you getting political now? Or Mike, when you bring up something like a life sentence that somebody just got for stealing hedge trimmers, um, aren't you helping us? Aren't you focusing on the negative? How do we maintain our high ideals and see life's beauty and rock and roll if we're trying to address the endless list of misery that's in the world. Um, how to help others and still be happy yourself. Okay, so I've got a, a couple of little insights here that I think will help you with this really important, really awesome question. Um, and that is first to get grounded in truth. I want you to realize that if you take action on behalf of others, whether it's bringing their pain to the attention of the world through protests or posting on your bulletin board or, or what have you, this will generally be such a tiny piece of the equation. You are so much more, we are all so much more than the one or two causes that we support. For instance, I must post maybe one um, meme or the like on Facebook for every 100 positive. One meme is addressing somebody's pain, uh, George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, and the like, versus 100 positive memes. Um, I'm not abandoning uh, my view that our thoughts become things. I'm not believing that I am so vulnerable that me drawing attention to a brother or sister's suffering is going to take my whole entire ship down. I'm not of the position that, hey, we all create our own reality. And if you're in pain, you have lessons to learn because we live in a world of perfect order. So I'm going to go and... and and pick cherries all day long while my neighbor's house burns down. It's like these are microscopic, not microscopic. These are small aberrations to the normal view of our thriving in the jungles of time and space. And if you can do it with a glad heart, you're doing it because you're motivated by love. Then all of a sudden you're not down in someone else's pain. You're like, hey, I want to give you a hand up because I need a hand up. We all need a hand up. And helping somebody 
doesn't lower your energy. Remember, as I've shared before, the law of resonance states that when there are multiple parties involved, generally two or more, the natural tendency is for the higher resonance to bring up those of a lower vibration. Now, we can look for examples where we don't see this happening or where sheer masses of negativity will drown out a positive person. But this doesn't mean don't try. And this doesn't mean don't go and lend a hand to somebody else. View service as a joy. You get to help somebody else. Let your focus be about their improvement, not their pain, their, their comeuppance and their um, comeback, if you will, rather than the fact that they're being lost. And then, of course, continue to enjoy your own amazing life. My other 99 posts on Facebook or Instagram um, are about our thoughts becoming things, are about our eternal nature, are about all these things. Don't feel vulnerable. Don't think that I've lost sight uh, of what's going on because I'm pointing to someone else's pain. By doing this, we all get to kind of pitch in, become aware, um, go fund them, um, make their cause and their plight knowable. Uh, this is very kind of antiquated. But if you lived in the time of slavery right now, and there was Facebook back then, would you only ever post about life's beauty and your power? Or would you sometimes say, hey, you know, what's going on down there downtown or across town you know, is not serving anybody and we can do better. That's not being political. That's not losing sight of our power. That's being grounded in truth to such a degree that we realize that when one person suffers, we all suffer. And if we can lift that person up, we all get raised higher. So it's not that I'm getting political. Um, it's not that I'm focusing all of my energy on the suffering of others in the world. And, and I would invite others to realize that there is room to make a difference while we simultaneously pursue our bliss and our joy. Jumbo fellow adventurers, great to be here on another spiritual tune-up. Happy Tuesday, everybody the world over. I got a great question yesterday. Thank you so much, whoever asked it. Um, Mike, is vulnerability a curse or a superpower? To elaborate, could you please talk about vulnerability and whether or not we are vulnerable? I am confused. Some used to emphasize that we are vulnerable while others say we are not. Well, of course, I think if you don't live in a cave, you have witnessed Brene Brown, author, speaker, speaker, a researcher, her incredibly popular TED Talk, Brene Brown, about the power of vulnerability. And then since you're here, you've probably heard me say 200 times that you are not vulnerable that you are the eyes and the ears of the divine come alive in the dream of life here to rock and roll. Start, stop crawling around. Stop reacting to life. Stop thinking that you could be a random statistic. You are not vulnerable. So how to reconcile that 
super easy. You got to realize that words slip and fail when applied to truth. And it depends on who's saying what, when and where, the circumstances, the relativity, to discern what is really being conveyed. Words, while awesome and powerful, um, are a very vague attempt to discern precision in this objective, stark world with polarity. Yet, you know, there's a place for them. We, we need words. Thank goodness we're doing, that, doing them right now. So words slip and fail. And one of the best examples of this from the Seth material dictated by the late Jane Roberts, and I've heard this example other times. Biblically, biblically, I think it was, well, maybe Jesus said that the meek shall inherit the earth. Now, Seth went on to clarify that 2,000 years ago, the word meek meant empathetic, meant gentle, meant kind, um, sincere. Today, 2,000 years later, it does not mean those things at all. Today, meek means weak, measly, no spine, no backbone. So if you try to apply those words to today, it's like, what does that mean? Well, words change. And even in the year 2020, you don't have to wait 2,000 years for the meaning to get adjusted. Words slip and fail. I did some, some digging here. Uh, Google, if you Google it right now, says vulnerability means you are susceptible to physical or emotional attack or harm. That is, in my view, the most conventional understanding of the word vulnerable today. And that's what I speak to. You are not vulnerable. You are the reason the sun rose today. It's all here for you. Your love, your journey to fall in love, to be loved. You don't need to grovel is what my message is again and again and again. You are greater than those things you fear. Now, Brene Brown genius that she is. And I, I agree with everything I've ever heard her say, uh, particularly in that TED talk about the power of vulnerability, if you will, takes a different approach on the meaning of vulnerable. Okay. My own gut instinct, or my own intuition tells me that she's talking about the side of vulnerability where there's empathy, where there's a humble spirit, where there is kindness, where there is constant self-reflection. Could I do this better? Could I try a little harder? Um, where there's not this assumption that it's my way or the highway. Okay, because that's not cool. That's not good. That's not power. There's this, there's this tone of energy beneath most instances, she's presuming, and I would agree, of vulnerability. In fact, I then went this morning to the TED Talk, and in the description, which no doubt she wrote, that's how these things work, um, it says uh, that she spoke of vulnerability as our ability to empathize, belong, and love. Now, that's a far cry from what Google defined um, being vulnerable to 
physical or emotional attack. So she's kind of flipped it. She's looked at the underbelly of it. She sees this profound truth that escapes most folks and thereby reveals that having a sense of vulnerability also comes with a feeling beating heart of love. And so in that light, I could not more agree with Brene Brown. But when it comes to the conventional sense, my friends, you are powerful. You are all powerful. You came first. You are the prime mover in these sacred jungles of time and space. And that power comes from your loving heart, comes from kindness and empathy, comes from understanding your oneness with reality all around you. When one person falls, we all fall. When one person soars, we all soar. Let's help each other out as we simultaneously follow our heart. That's who we really are. Call it vulnerability. Call it sheer unstoppable power. Call it whatever the heck you want because words will slip and fail. Just realize the truth that you are here to rock and roll, born to thrive forever and ever a being of light. Jumbo fellow adventurers, time for another spiritual tune-up. And this question was raised just yesterday on the heels of our discussion about vulnerability. Today, the question is, is being an empath a curse or a superpower? Is being an empath, you know, is being super empathetic a blessing? Sometimes, Mike, it seems exhausting. Well, I thought that paired up nicely with what we talked about yesterday. First and foremost, oh, hell to the yes, being an empath is all superpower. Whatever you've got, it's superpower. Whatever you don't have, you're going to get. And that journey is going to make, uh, reveal the superpowers within you. It's like everything is so good here and everything is so rich. Yet I know why you asked the question. It can be exhausting. It can be draining. You're picking up everybody else's energies. Remember, there's nothing left to chance in these sacred jungles of time and space. Everything has meaning. Everything is by design, your design from the loftiest pinnacle of your magnificence prior to plunging into these sacred jungles. So that you find yourself very empathetic, em empathetic is evidence that this is what you most wanted and you knew what you were doing. You knew it would toughen you up. You knew this would make you go within. You knew that this is how you could serve the world making it a better place for generations into eternity. You might learn some lessons like you're not vulnerable to the negative low vibes of other people. Using the buzzword from yesterday in the context that I normally speak of vulnerability. You ain't vulnerable and no matter what is going around in the lives of those you touch or you feel, nothing can take you down. The law of resonance, you can raise them up. Nothing can take you down. Know that. And this is what you're here to learn. One of the reasons you're, you've got this superpower in addition to serving the world is to learn that you're not vulnerable. What else might you learn as an empath? People are more than their circumstances. 
People are telling you day in and day out, explicitly or indirectly, this is what happened to me. This is why I can't move forward. How could anybody deal with what I have to deal with? And I'm dealing with it for the fourth time. And oh my gosh, you're here to tell them that they are more than their circumstances. That that which you dislike is supposed to be changed by you, not endured by you. That's not why other people are dealing with junk to endure it, but to rise above it. And it's your mission, your vocation, your passion to help them see through the bars that they've created around their life and for you to realize this truth as well because we teach best what we most need to learn. No one, not you, is a victim of their circumstances. You are more than what's whirling around you today or what has ever whirled around you before. What else might you be wanting to learn with this incredible superpower that everyone can write the ticket on the rest of their life without having to figure out the past? You don't have to unravel the past. Not they, not you. Okay? Your point of power is in this moment to choose new thoughts and to write a new script. And then one of my favorite lessons for any empath is to realize you're not here to save the world. The world doesn't need to be saved. It's a beautiful paradise unfolding in the heart of God. Okay, You're here to get your groove on, to love and to be loved, to shine the light, to help those up who have fallen in spite of themselves, to help yourself up. The world doesn't need to be saved. You're not here to go and put the needs of others before your own. Unless that is putting your need first, your desire to serve other people. Yes, you can make a difference. You're already making a difference. You can't not make a difference. And if you understand your role as an empath, you're going to make even greater differences even quicker. But think not that this is your job, your responsibility, your duty. You could never save everybody, right? You need to find your own shade. Charity begins at home and then we all soar. Uh, let's see, what else could I tell you? Understand, and this is um, something that you know if you're an empath, and, and I think we all are to a degree if you're in this circle watching these tune-ups. One of the great experiences you have as an empath is that you quickly realize that compared to the average person, and of course there's no such thing as an average person, but you know, if you will, compared to others, you can hurt more deeply than most people can even comprehend. The upside out of this universe. You can know joy and euphoria more profoundly than the average person. And better than that? Given your heritage of the divine, by the divine, for the divine, that you chose to come here and you knew what you were doing, you're inclined to succeed. You're inclined to thrive. It's not like life's a 50-50. I've talked about that in many other tune-ups. Therefore, while you can know great depths emotionally, so can you soar to even greater heights. And you're going to spend a heck of a lot more time up there than down there. To the point where you don't even have to go down there anymore. Been there, done that, paid your dues. Now you can just help everyone 
spiral up to the light. You're here to thrive. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley ready for a spiritual tune-up. It's almost Friday. It's Thursday. Doesn't that feel good? Hey, by the way, somebody on Instagram said that that my greeting Jumbo, which comes from our Adventurers Club, is a bit cheesy. I'd like to know, honestly, is it cheesy or not? You didn't even know what it meant. It's Swahili. But for us adventurers, life adventurers, it means uh, I'm glad our paths have crossed, and I truly am. So let me know. I'm always looking for feedback uh, of the most authentic nature. Today's spiritual tune-up, are our dreams curses or blessings? Well, you got to know I'm going to start moving towards blessings, but I think it's a phenomenal question because the way most people frame their dreams, they're absolute curses. They make their dreams about how they will one day be happy and they put off their happiness until their dream comes true. Listen to this question and you'll get what I'm aiming at and get where I'm coming from. This question came from Instagram. So I love your questions on Facebook or Instagram. Generally, the day of my broadcast is the day I answer them. Mike, when you've had a big dream for a long time, and it looks like the dream is not coming true, at least in this lifetime. How do you let it go and move forward with a light heart? That question alone breaks my heart. So let's, let's look at what our dreams are and what they could be so that it's always a blessing that moves us forward. A wisely defined dream would always be for your happiness, love, connections, camaraderie, creativity, fulfillment, stuff that you absolutely have control over and stuff that you can absolutely make happen. Everything else to run a four minute mile, to hit a hole in one, to make a million dollars, to fall in love and have three kids, um, not to fall in love, but to have three kids. Everything else is a how to get to those higher ideals of more joy, more love, more laughter, more friends, more fulfillment. Okay, only so many people can run a four-minute mile. Only so many people are going to win a gold medal in the 100-yard dash every four years at the Olympics. But everyone can live in greater evolving joy, love, happiness, friends, camaraderie. And so let these be how you define your dreams. And if you want the new car and you want a million dollars by the end of the year and you want three kids, go ahead and dream those things. But life is about so much more than your idea of what to micromanage. And then all of a sudden, if you're micromanaging, there's deadlines, there's time frames, there's the biological clock and you're getting older and this and that. And, and then all of a sudden life is this hell. Don't be a micromanager. Let your dreams be a blessing by keeping them broad brush in areas you can control, which includes financial abundance, which most certainly includes love, joy, health, happiness, friends, camaraderie. And then dabble in all those other areas, realizing that there are a million ways 
a dream of abundance could come true. There are a million ways a dream of romantic love can come true. There's a million ways that you can be of service and foster kids or family or fur babies uh, in ways that would equal or exceed your idea of what was the perfect way. So let it be simple. I'm not saying give up on a dream. I'm just saying realize that you can be happy even as you dream. And then whether or not your idea of a micromanaged manifestation comes to pass or not becomes a moot point because there's so much beauty. There's so much love. There are so many possibilities for your expansion and love and appreciation of life that you need not micromanage. Jumbo fellow adventurers, thanks so much for the amazing uh, interaction and engagement I had yesterday when I asked whether or not um, you think it's suitable or too cheesy for me to greet you each day with a jumbo, the Swahili hello, which means to adventurers, I'm glad our paths have crossed. Overwhelmingly, like 99 out of 100 responses were enthusiastically on board. So, hey, you're going to get it a little bit more. I appreciate that. It could have gone either way. And I realized that maybe there were more against it who just didn't want to make me feel uncomfortable so they didn't vote. But um, I'm, I'm glad and I'm enthused. And here we are for a Friday, ready to dive into another spiritual tune-up and this time with another great question posted by viewers. Now, the question is, is getting high okay? Plant medicine. And what about Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, and their famous 12-step programs. So I get to uh, share a little bit of everything on this. I will save my own experiences, uh, which are probably irrelevant, uh, to the end of this little tune-up. So first, let's just go into alcohol and pot. Hey, in moderation, uh, under the proper conditions, uh, as an adult, I think there is no harm. It is certainly not unspiritual to, you know, to, to relax and unwind with a glass of wine, a cigar, maybe even a cigarette in moderation. Um, I, I think there, there's, no, there's no problem there. Um, I would like to suggest, and I've seen this play out in my own life, um, that it can become quite a distraction. I'm not talking about uh, addictions. I'm talking about, you know, instead of contemplative thought, instead of turning to a book, instead of picking up the phone and calling a loved one, you know, you kind of zone out in your own little buzz world. And, and there's a place for that. So in moderation, I, 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 I think it's perfectly fine, alcohol and uh, marijuana. Um, second, ayahuasca, as I understand it. I haven't done it, uh, and other forms of plant medicine. I gather they are a very viable way to achieve, in some cases, uh, helpful and pleasurable altered states. Again, only for adults, only with supervision, only in moderation. I've also heard tales uh, that it was quite damaging for the people who have done it. So do you really need to go there? Um, I think the most important 
thing to realize is that that which you are aspiring to through intaking plant medicine uh, is unquestionably achievable without plant medicine, just as the distractions of alcohol or pot um, will draw you away from your own ability to get high on life. This is most certainly true with plant medicine, which is not to say that plant medicine doesn't have perhaps a very valuable place in certain circumstances for helping folks. To the person who would say, well, you say I can have an altered state without ayahuasca, but Mike, I really can't. And if that's you, I would say then maybe you're not ready. And, and for myself as well. Look, we all came from an altered state where we saw everything. We were everywhere. We were beyond time and space. And from there we came here. We came here to put on the blinders so that we would be dealing with the illusions that would give rise to our emotions and we could learn all of these wonderful, amazing things that you can only learn within the illusions. So if you're in the illusions and you're being frustrated, it means there's more to learn. That doesn't mean it's time to go to the other side, either through plant medicine, suicide, or other, other means. Uh, maybe you can just chill out and master better without um, hallucinogens uh, the challenges that are now before you. But again, I'm sure there's a valuable place in some cases for some people to, to experiment with those under the right circumstances. Um, I'm excited to talk to you about AA and NA and their famous 12-step program. You know, Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous. Um, I have not gone down the path of addiction in those elements. Uh, I was a big-time cigarette smoker. I know a little bit about addiction. But because I teach and have been teaching for 20 years that we are powerful, that we are not vulnerable, as I've defined vulnerability uh, three days ago, uh, that we have dominion over all things. Some in my audiences have very interestingly and adeptly pointed out that in the 12-step program advocated by Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous, there is one of the steps, I believe it's the very first step, is a surrender and an acknowledgement of your power over the addiction. I, I, I did a Google this morning. We admit we are powerless of our addiction. That's a bit different than my message to the diametrically opposed uh, opposite of mine. We are all powerful, and I would say you are powerful over your addiction, but there's a very fine line here uh, that is worthy of bringing up so that you can reconcile these because hats off to AA and NA for the, the, the lives they have unquestionably saved. Uh, maybe the 12-step program isn't for everyone. I, I cannot opine on that. But clearly all of us know that it has saved innumerable lives. So it is worth reconciling this tenant of claiming you're powerless when I tell you to be anchored in truth and realize you are all powerful. It is so simple to do this. Um, it, the presumption 
is that if you have an addiction, AA in the 12-step program wants you to realize that if you go there, you're going to lose. Well, you know what? If I go to the edge of a 50-story building and step off, I'm going to lose. Does that mean I'm powerless to gravity? Or am I powerful and wise enough to not put myself at the edge of a building? I am powerful over any substance that would like to nail me to the cross through addiction by avoiding it and not imbibing it. So I think if you make that simple distinction, then you can recognize and rightly claim that you are all powerful over all substances because you know how to avoid them and you're not going to go there and you're not going to stoop beneath your standards. And, and so there, I think I've made the reconciliation. Um, as to myself, uh, from age 25 to 40, I smoked cigarettes. I, in there, I uh, totally addicted. Quitting it was one of the hardest things I've ever, ever done. I failed on numerous occasions. Um, but ultimately, you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired, and you're just fed up with trying to quit something for 10 years. And you're just like... So I did the master cleanse, a 12-day fast. Maybe I'll talk about that one day. Um, and it's great for becoming a vegetarian, which I am. It's great for quitting uh, any habits, which I did. And, and, and suddenly I, I used that as a trick to change my life and drop cigarettes forever. I did continue smoking cigars. And in fact, I've smoked cigars from the age of 40 until about six months ago, um, you know, about one cigar a day. Uh, and I enjoyed alcohol in moderation my entire adult life. Easily since I was 30, I've had a beer or more a day until about March of this year. And at some point, you, you know, you've been there, you've done that. It's like, you know, how great is getting a buzz on a beer at the end of the day when you know you can go higher in vibration without that distraction? And so it coincided with COVID, it had not, not directly, but indirectly, that I dropped a, a, a virtual lifelong habit of uh, a beer a day at the end of the day and a cigar a day. I'm not saying you should do that. But I did tell you I would speak to my uh, experiences here. Uh, I have never done any kind of plant medicine and I have uh, little to share. And, and because I feel like I can go there and will go there eventually when I'm fully ready without those substances. Not, to, not that I might not change my mind in six months. But um, so right now I'm as pure as can be. Why? Not to be... Uh, uh, because I want to open the door for higher vibrations that can be achieved without. And I'm not saying anybody else should do the same. Well, there you have it, fellow adventurer. Thanks for listening to this most recent installment of Spiritual Tune-Ups. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a few seconds to rate it on the podcast service you're using right now. It makes a big difference in helping more people find us. And of course, if you want daily reminders of life's magic and your power, please sign up at tut.com for my free Notes from the Universe emails. Tally ho!